Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. I am your host, Talaya Dendi. Today, our very special guest is Dr. Egypt. Dr. Egypt is a holistic and plant-based medical doctor, naturopathic physician, herbalist, and metaphysical wellness coach, as well as a poet. She is passionate about educating and empowering people on the ways they can use simple natural tools, sacred plant medicine, raw vegan foods, and other sacred healing principles to reclaim their health, sovereignty, and step into deep healing. She is a healing alchemist on a mission to empower people to live conscious and healthier lives. Dr. Egypt, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you, Talayan. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Dr. Egypt, please um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the work that you're doing. Okay. So I'm originally from the UK and I went through the academic system there and got trained as a in conventional mainstream medicine. Um, I practiced for a couple of years and then just through uh, a series sort of um, personal experiences and my own personal growth work and from what I saw within conventional healthcare system, I started to really examine what it meant for true healing, what that really means. And that, I guess, that path of exploration brought me to look into naturopathic medicine, which is which for me seemed to be a little bit more or a lot more encompassing of the different factors that contribute to health and healing. So in summary, um, by that exploration, I moved to the US to requalify as a naturopathic physician here in Illinois. And in addition to that, I started to acquire other, I guess, tools and skill sets in my healing toolkit. Um, so that's like in summary what has brought me to where I am today in my healing practice. Wonderful. Thank you so much for telling us more about your background. Please share with us what high vibration nourishment is and how it can actually help us heal. Great question. So high vibration nourishment is a term that I coined based on my experiences and learnings from several, um, I guess, healing paradigms and also ancient healing practices. Um, To just make it simple for the listeners, it's essentially an approach to eating and nourishing ourselves that interacts with all aspects of ourselves. So in terms of our mind, 
our body, our spirit, and our soul. So I say nourishment because although food is a big part of nourishment, nutrition, what we actually physically ingest, I also, um, just being a metaphysical practitioner, I see nourishment is essentially everything that we put into our bodies and everything that interacts with all of our senses. So for, for example, one could nourish their mind by, you know, things like self-reflective practices or journaling or listening to beautiful music. And that in a way is nourishment because it's, um, it's a nurturing and it's a soothing of the mind. And now we're just, um, the research coming out on things like psychoimmunobiology, we see that there is a very tight linkage between the mind and the body. So in a sense, when we nourish our mind to some level, we also nourish our bodies because there is no real div division between mind and body. So high vibration nourishment involves us consuming the foods at the highest frequency and also interacting with practices and self-care modalities that bring a high level of nourishment to all parts of ourselves. Thank you so much for explaining that. And throughout that explanation, I kept hearing mind-body. And I'm a big believer in that connection as well. And I learned um, on my cancer journey how important it is and how they work together. So with that being said, Dr. Egypt, what are some roles of intention, words and affirmations in healing our bodies? Oh, fantastic question. I think it's so powerful. It's so powerful because how I see it, I think not only are our cells and our tissues and organs being impacted by you know, the physical substances we put into our bodies, the, the, the products we use in our skin, the, the, the sprays we use, the things in our environment, not only are they impacted by those um, things physically, but on an emotional or psychological level, I say the cells are listening when we affirm positivity in our minds and in our in our body our cells literally are listening and i say that because you know i'm a scientist and a part of me is a metaphysician but even if we were to take like a more scientific approach to this you know there are lots of studies especially now um in the world of fields like positive psychology again, psychoimmunobiology, uh, psychoimmunology that shows that like, for example, if we self-affirm positive words to ourselves, like I can do this, this is a healing journey, I can get better, I, I am strong enough for this and things like that. It's been shown to like say, example, um, parameters like oxytocin. Oxytocin is, I call it the I guess it's like a, a love chemical or um, it's a chemical that gives us a strong feeling of connection, connection to the world, connection to ourselves. But it's been shown that just positive affirmations can increase levels of oxytocin. But the thing is that oxytocin is also a very powerful anti-inflammatory agent. And obviously they have like cancer, there are different types of cancers and some are, I guess, more inflammation provoking than others. But on the whole, um, if we have more levels of, I guess, or less levels of inflammation in our body, it goes to reason that like our healing process will just be better. 
will be able to, even if someone is on conventional medication, they'll be able to deal better with the side effects because the side effects, you know, things like you may be aware of this things like chemo brain and the nausea and the vomiting and digestive disturbances. A lot of them are due to inflammatory insults in different parts of the bodies. So just like I like to empower patients that, to know that aside from the diet and the nutrition and the therapies, be it conventional or alternative, there's a lot of medicine that can be released from the body itself if we just know how to tap into that and use intentions and use affirmations for our own benefit. And I really feel like for some people, when they get a diagnosis of cancer or they go through treatments of cancer, they can, it depends on the level of support they have around them, but they can feel very disempowered, like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything to support myself or to help myself. But just knowing that your body has that wisdom to heal, if you can just tap into that and if you can support it. And, you know, when you affirm positive things and intentions in your life, it's only going to give you more kind of mental grit to go through anything in life rather than you, you know, just, you know, put your hands up and say, oh, I can't do anything, you know? So, I mean, there's so many things to this. I'm kind of making it simple for the (laughs) listeners. (laughs) I don't want to overwhelm them, but yeah. Wonderful. And Dr. Egypt, I really can attest to everything that you've just said. Um, And it's so important, as you mentioned, to have that support. I think a lot of people start out on their cancer journey and they don't, you know, feel comfortable asking for help or for whatever reason. And they find quite, quite soon that it's hard to do alone. And sometimes we just need that extra person there just to help, you know, elevate our mindset a little bit and encourage us a little bit. So with that being said, Dr. Egypt, do you believe one's mindset can impact their healing? And please explain how and why you believe this. Great. I'd say in answer to that, absolutely, absolutely. On just so many levels, I think like anything, if we approach it with a mindset of what I call possibility, like there is hope, there is hope, you know, I have maybe a new diagnosis, be it cancer, chronic illness, or other thing, like, do I know, even sometimes I say, it's important to question our mindsets, for example, um, some people might have bought into the conditioning of either victimhood, or once they receive a, a diagnosis of cancer, they, some people think, oh, Maybe it's a death sentence. Obviously, it depends on the cancer and the stage and what have you. But again, this is very, as a physician and just a, a physician coming from both the alternative and conventional paradigm, I say a lot of it is kind of a little bit of social conditioning. Like I, I, when I work with clients and they have, I call it almost a defeatist mentality. Like I have a cancer now and like this is so hard and I don't think I can recover from this. I quite, I, urge them almost to question that do you know anybody in history that has had cancer that have ever been cured from it or that have ever been healed through it or gone through it successfully and they're now in a state of health um well yeah or you can research it uh, yeah so if not that if them why not you that's what i so that's the energy that i like to empower my 
you know, clients, I almost don't say patience, because for me, there's, um, I know this is a bit of a digression. Mm -hmm. For me, there's almost a bit of um, the terminology patient is one that is not very empowering to the person as a physician. I like to say clients or that I co-create health with anybody I'm working with, because truly the real healer is your body. The real healer is your body, even if people may go through um, different diet regimes or chemotherapy or radiant therapy, the body still has to work with those tools to affect their healing. So my clients have a lot of power, really, if they really think about it like that. And I like them to tap into that power. And that's why things like positive, self-affirming mindset practices come into it because it shifts their mind frame from one of victimhood and like, oh God, for me to like, wow, I can do a lot. I just maybe have to learn some new things. I need to try and get a better support network. I need to research. I need to take care of my body more. So it's very empowering. And I find when I work with clients that way, they, um, most times they just seem to do better and, you know, their healing is intrinsically driven rather than extrinsically. So, you know, like my personal story, just in brief, like I had a sister who had stage two lymphoma Mm -hmm. and now she's cured of her cancer. It's been over like seven years or what have you. But it was at that time for her very disempowering. She felt very vulnerable and very weak and I, you know, go into the process with my sister, like a sense of victimhood, mm-hmm. which I feel that like nobody needs to go through that, although, although it is harder for some people than others, but just to realize that you're a powerful human being before, through, and after cancer. <laughs> I agree. And I love how you reframe that and say, well, why not me? Why can't I be healed of cancer? Other people have. And so I think that's a great way to start out with that mindset and say, you know, this has happened to me. Unfortunately, I've gotten this diagnosis. You know, how can I best work through this? And also wrap it up with a pretty bow and say, you know what? I can survive this. Why not me? Other people have. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you for sharing a little bit about your sister. And I'm glad she's doing well. Thank you. And those things are are just so important. That mindset is is everything. And you touched on victimhood, Dr. Egypt. I think it's easier for some people than others to kind of quickly reframe that based on what they've already been through in life. If people feel like they've been dumped on so much in life, they're constantly dealt a bad hand. I could see where victimhood response would be the first response. And I can see where it would be harder to help that person reframe because they've had a series of these things that have just kept happening for whatever reason. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dr. Egypt, what are some simple metaphysical wellness practices that we can use to balance our lives and bodies? Wow, there are quite a few, <laughs> but again, I have to keep it simple. And obviously, it also depends on people's, I guess, spiritual inclination. I consider myself as a rather spiritual person. Like everything I do is grounded in consciousness or spiritual belief systems. 
but I still, even for any listeners that doesn't consider this off to be too grounded in a particular faith system or spirituality, just working with the um, cycles of nature can provide a sense of grounding, can provide a sense of connection and a sense of, you know, like control can provide a sense of control because I, from what I've experienced with clients and you know, members of my own family that, you know, had a diagnosis of cancer or living through cancer, for some people, it's like this massive shock and suddenly you feel like you're losing control of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So little things, like I say, just even observing the moon cycles, like just keep it simple. You already have a lot of overwhelm going on probably, but like observing when is a full moon and when is a, a, a new moon and, you know, you can kind of formulate an archetype in your mind, like full moon, the moon looks full, abundant. I can reflect on the abundance in my life. I could practice things more like more gratitude or reflective journaling or look at ways that I can bring more abundance to my self-care practices in terms of, uh, can I juice more? Can I walk more? Can I rest more? Things like that. And when is a new moon? You Again, someone can say things like, oh, what things do I have to sort of cleanse in my life or let go of? Because new moon is like fresh beginning. It's Mm -hmm. like a new start. So just aligning with natural cycles like that is something that's metaphysical essentially just means beyond the physical or beyond the everyday mundane existence. So aligning with nature cycles, again, that would be like a simple metaphysical practice. Another one could be if someone is so inclined working with metaphysical tools like crystals certain crystals in terms of throughout history being associated with certain things and I always say with metaphysical practices there is a lot about belief and attention that goes into it but like even if somebody doesn't you know believe in so much like the woo-woo aspect of it (laughs) it can be like a tool or a trigger to prime the mind like working with crystals, when we work with things like rose quartz, when we look at it, it's a beautiful crystal. It's very clean, very pure looking. It um, reminds us of sensations of love and romance and self-care. So people can make a positive association with um, quartz crystals. It could be little things like, I'm going to have an Epsom salt soak with my quartz crystals around just because visually it triggers my mind to think of self-love and self-care. They don't even have to believe that the crystals are emitting healing energies through towards their direction. So that could be like a couple of simple things. Even again, I say um, mindfulness. Mindfulness-based practices is a very accessible, simple, metaphysical way of getting more in touch with our bodies and slowing down in life as well, right? Because a lot of, I say as a physician, I feel at least, well, over 50% of, you know, chronic or serious health conditions, stress is a big contributing factor to it. It either causes it, propagates it, or just keeps it going, you know? So mindfulness-based practices, things like meditation or yoga, or if people are so inclined, prayer and community worship, whatever, you know, their faith system aligns with, that those are metaphysical practices that can help them slow down in life. And when we slow down in life, we tend to have more balanced, healthier lives because we're given space. Our bodies need time and space to heal. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. 
And um, again, I agree with all of those things. And I could see where they would all fit into the, the metaphysical wellness portion of it. One thing that you kind of touched on a little bit was slowing down um, and resting. Dr. Egypt, what part do you believe sleep, good sleep, eight hours of sleep, <laughs> what part do you believe that plays in all of this as well? Oh, powerful question. Um, and I love how you mentioned good sleep because <laughs> all sleep is not equal. Just mm -hmm. shutting your eyes and going to bed and waking up feeling not so refreshed is not a, a sign that you've had quality sleep. I think sleep is immense. Sleep is absolutely immense. There have been studies done on humans who were deprived of sleep for like three days and they literally started hallucinating. They, they went crazy. So we need sleep so much in so many levels. Like one of the, I guess, the um, the healing modality in, in my toolkit is Ayurvedic medicine, right? And it's been like said in Ayurvedic medicine, the, the, the brain has a cleansing mechanism, you know, has a cleansing mechanism, which modern science in the last few years have proven that we actually have, they used to think like we didn't have lymphs, um, lymphs in our brain and lymphatic fluid in our brain. But now modern science has proven that we do have lymphatic fluids in our brain. And the connection with that and sleep is that when we go into deep states of sleep, the lymphatic fluids in our brain is, it, it circulates the most and the toxins are taken out from it the most when we get into deep states of sleep. But when we're sleep deprived or when we have no quality sleep, we don't have that process. So people wake up, fatigued, brain fogs, memory loss, stressed essentially. And that's just one thing. Another thing I could, I could say so much about sleep, but uh, you know, I'll keep it simple. Another thing is again, like there's a hormone called melatonin. Mm -hmm. you, some of your listeners may be aware of this. So when our melatonin levels are encouraged to be high at nighttime, which is the most natural way that it should be, it encourages us to get into deeper states of sleep. And not only is sleep itself kind of this, um, it's a healing promoting state of being. Because when we are sleeping, deep sleep, <laughs> we are more in our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest, relaxation, digest system. And that is where we get the most profound healing happening. So sleep essentially is a portal to deep healing. And again, melatonin, which is the, I guess, the main sleep hormone, is one of the most powerful anti-cancer hormones in the human body. It's been shown. Mm -hmm. Like, so when you even think about it like that, like you're getting yourself to, you know, to have good quality sleep, practicing sleep hygiene techniques, encouraging that melatonin production by simple practices, by like, you know, if you're using screens at night apply a filter on, on that screen or use a blue light blocking glasses and, and don't use screens too close to bedtime and things like that. That will encourage melatonin levels to stay high. And that is like you giving your body its natural sort of hormone that it's anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. You know, it's funny because I'll have some clients who will go and buy like all these really fancy extensive supplements in the health food store. I'm like, you know, so then your body makes it if you just like encourage it and it's free. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's just like 
just one, you know, just a, a few aspects. I mean, I could I could talk all day on sleep. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> essential. Uh -huh. Thank you for that, Dr. Egypt. And I asked that question because just even people who are not um, suffering from a disease or chronic illness are sleep deprived. Uh, probably most of us are. And um, I know for sure, um, having gone through it, that a lot of times when you are going through cancer treatment, you have a hard time sleeping. And like you just said, that is the time when you need to sleep yeah. <laughs> so your body can heal. And so I just wanted people to really understand how important that connection is. And thank you for explaining a couple of ways to help improve sleep. So that is very helpful. Dr. Egypt, I, I kind of want to go back to naturopathic healing a bit. Sure. Um, some people don't believe in it. They just want to do like the Western traditional medicine. Um, I'm a firm believer of both. I think the two together are just powerful and um, they complement each other well when done correctly. Yes. So Dr. Egypt, please explain how we can apply naturopathic healing principles to heal from disease and cancer. Awesome. So naturopathic principles are essentially based on tenets of nature-based healing and using a natural tools to support our healing. And, you know, we have a philosophical system that is almost like the backbone of it. And there are a few... I guess, steps to that system that people can consider or incorporate with their conventional modalities and just um, see how that works together. For example, I won't go through all like seven of them, but one of them would be like um, tonifying organ systems. So we have a terminology in naturopathy, which is tonifying organs. And it's not about like, you know, like in the fitness industry, I want to get toned, I want to have bigger <laughs> or tighter muscles. Tonifying essentially means um, supporting a specific organ or system to work optimally. So for example, um, if we want to tonify our organs of detoxification, which would be primarily, not, not solely, but primarily the liver and the kidneys, in naturopathy, we would use supportive herbs that would encourage liver detoxication, that would encourage the kidneys to filter the blood adequately and get rid of toxins and, and just things like that. So organ tonification, I find, is a very important concept because especially for things like cancer, how I see it, because cancer almost, I say cancer sometimes is, has been, is being made years in the making. It's being made years in the making, but when it's finally caught or diagnosed, hopefully it's caught earlier than later, it's like the um, end stage manifestation of either a tumor or if it's a blood cancer, a dysfunction in the body or something like that. But essentially it, it can happen when organs, because our, our the, the divine, where whatever we believe our divine is, has given us um, systems and organs that keep cancer in check, that keep disease in check, keep inflammation in check, to do all that. That's, we were, it's like our birthright. We were all given those systems. But what happens is that as we live our lives through just life, through stress, through things like lack of sleep, through intoxicants, 
through things that are even beyond our control, like EMF pollution. You could be having a you know, juice diet, raw vegan exercising every day, but if you live close to a power station or you're having a lot of EMF exposure, you could still develop something like cancer. So essentially the organs become weakened or they become in, unable to fully um, do their job. So in naturopathy, it's very preventative medicine based where on an ongoing basis, we are supporting our tissues and our organs and, and just keeping them going. It's like a car, right? If you don't keep fueling your car and washing it sometimes and taking it for service check, it will break down. Our bodies in a way are like that as well. It's not, I think, especially, and that was one of the things that pulled me away from Western medicine. Not There's definitely a place for Western medicine, for sure, especially in terms of like, you know, surgical interventions and other medical interventions. But it's very also based on this, um, treatment mentality so the pathology shows up and then we start to treat it whereas naturopathy goes to more like preventative medicine like how can we ensure the body is kept maintained and strong and healthy to, in order to prevent things from showing up and when things do show up how can we get to the root cause of them so that we can truly address them deeply like you know I mentioned like my sister she had um she had a couple of solid um, tumors and she did a little bit of chemotherapy, I think it was. But I remember like trying to just inform her that like cancer is not just a physical manifestation. You have to support like, for example, our immune system is a major thing that checks the growth of different tumors and cancers in our body. So you may have a solid state tumor that you address with surgery or radiation. But if you still have a weakened immune system, maybe down the line your cancer will resurge and a lot of these therapies like the chemotherapy and radiation they also weaken immune systems even more so even if you are going down that route which i think is great because there's a place like if someone has a solid tumor that is compressing on their esophagus or one of their digestive organs there is a, a role of radiation and surgery for sure because it will give them greater quality of life could even save their life but I, how I view cancer is like, okay, let's control the symptoms. Let's see how we can prevent it from coming back. You can set up what I call an anti-cancer lifestyle. Like cancer cannot, doesn't have a chance because you've just set up all the like different things in your life that are so optimized. Like there is no way for you to have cancer in a way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, so those are just like some ideas of how I guess the, the thinking process of natural, like needing a naturopathic physician and a conventional physician, just like the differences and how the two of them can work to support each other. Wonderful. Dr. Egypt, you have said a lot there and I have a couple of follow-up questions. Sure. Um, I really, well, here's a statement first. I just want to say, I really love the way you explained how the organs become weakened over time and things like that. Because I think when people get a diagnosis, the first thing they do is they feel guilt, like, you know, what did I do wrong and things like that. And it's a natural response. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate how you explain that. And then also, um, when someone decides to pursue naturopathic healing, how soon should they 
pursue it in their diagnosis? Should they wait until after they start treatment? Should they do it as soon as they get the diagnosis into survivorship? What are your recommendations? Okay, great question. I would say I would maybe I would approach that question differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like I say, naturopathic medicine is a system of healing. Um, however, I feel that like if someone just has a diagnosis, they can approach nature-based healing as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily have to maybe see a naturopathic physician. You know, that would be great too. But then how I say it's like innately, our bodies are a natural. They're from nature. Like human, we have this kind of dichotomic notion of like nature and human, you know. But then like nature-based principles like adequate sleep, like eating foods that look similar to how they would be in nature, you know, <laughs> yeah. like all these artificial flavorings. And, and those are another um, hidden, I guess, precipitants of many illnesses and conditions, all these additives, things that we can't pronounce and labels, and they're just essential, essentially chemicals. So it's never too soon to start to address your diet, to start to avoid things that you think may be bad for you, to start to get educated, to start to like take walks and go out in the sun and get more, you know, sunlight. You don't need to see any physician for that. You don't need to even spend your money for that. But it's mm -hmm. something that your body will thank you for. And I feel like truly that can be done from day one if possible. And if even if someone didn't believe in any of this, it will definitely help your stress. If people can like, you know, clean up their diet a little bit, spend more time in nature, drink clean water, avoid the toxins and the additives. Most of them are stimulants. Most of them affect sleep. Most of them are a drain on your adrenal glands. Again, our adrenal glands, it's something that has to be quite healthy to nourish us and to help us heal. So it's never too soon to start that. And then if in that process, they think they, they feel that like having some professional guidance would be useful. Again, they could see a naturopathic physician or a cancer doula like yourself or a cancer coach. That's always, you know, like I say, I work with my clients to educate and empower them so that they don't need me. I don't want them to yeah. keep on seeing me because I want to make money. I think that's just karmically not right. Because mm -hmm. I'm not one of those practitioners. I'd rather they're empowered and they have the skill sets to be able to like make different recipes and try different foods and have different self-care healing practices just at their doorstep without having to always like call me. <laughs> yeah. I could not agree more. Empowerment and the education to take matters into your own hands. And that's one thing that, that I say, I want to help the people that I work with do is become the gatekeepers of their overall health and quality of life. And you spoke so well to that. So thank you for that, Dr. Egypt. In your explanation, you mentioned diet. Um, I could talk so much about this, but I'll just mention a few points. So one of them, I would say in, in my own personal and professional opinion, yes. <laughs> First of all, let's take, for example, there is a particular study that's called the China study. It's the largest nutrition-based study that's been done in history. And the study was collated um, nutritional-based information from different countries and different research labs and universities and it just looked at different diets, you know, like paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian, just Atkins, all different types of diet, diet paradigms. 
and it then looked at the incidences of chronic and serious conditions in subgroup of people. So things like high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, cancer, um, autoimmune disease. And essentially, so thousands of studies were collated together. And essentially it came out that the plant-based diet was the most healthiest in terms of it had the lowest risk and lowest incidences of cancer and all those other chronic ailments. So that's like an external study, like if somebody wants to personally look up on, um, I think uh, the head researcher was, it's called uh, Colin T. Campbell, Dr. Colin T. Campbell. So if any of your listeners want to pursue that, the China studies. So it's been shown like scientifically that it is. And that's just one thing. And I also find that when people, even if they're not necessarily vegetarian or vegan, if they switch their diet uh, in terms of including more greens, vegetables, pulses, seeds, you know, sprouts, more, more, more plant-based foods in their um, diet, plant-based foods on the whole, not all of them, but on the whole, it's a very alkalizing-based diet. And Again, if any of your listeners know about the acid alkaline principle of healing or it's something they want to pursue in their research, it's a very powerful paradigm. Essentially, um, our bodies exist or can exist in um, predominantly acidic state or in an alkaline state. Um, but however, if our bodies, so when I mean bodies, I mean like our tissues, our cells, our blood, if, our, if, if those things are predominantly in an alkaline state, this reduces inflammation, can reduce things like angiogenesis, which, know it's a, which we know in some solid state tumor is a big factor in the metastases of the tumor. So an alkaline state is generally pro-healing, let's just put it that way. Whereas an acidic state tends to promote things like the inflammation, the, the metastases, the feeling worse side effects from chemotherapy and what have you. So essentially, it's not like either is good or bad, However, due to the lifestyles that most people live, you know, most people that consume standard American diet are busy and go, 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 probably a little bit dehydrated from things like you know, nicotine and alcohol and coffee and lack of sleep and just the whole busyness of it all. Those, these lifestyle practices tend to push our body into a more acidic, pro-inflammatory, cancer-promoting state. So having more plants in our diet will just make our systems more alkaline and will foster healing. So that's just like, I guess, um, two aspects of it. And another major one is a plant-rich diet is very rich in things like flavonoids and anthocyanides and just a lot of phytonutrients that um, research has shown, for example, lycopene, which is present in tomatoes, that's been shown to be a very powerful agent in high doses for things like prostate cancer can help with um, reducing the size, reducing the incidence of uh, metastases and just things like that. And by default, if people consume in more plants in their diet, they just have more access, I guess, to these phytonutrients without even thinking about it. And the body uses these phytonutrients on so many levels to foster healing. Thank you so much for uh, explaining that and giving us more information. And again, I love how you always encourage the listeners to go back and do their research, you know, so I will make sure to put Dr. Colin T. Campbell in the show notes, the listen notes and the China study so that they can go and look this up for themselves. And I think that is a key to empowerment 
and taking control of your health as well. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Egypt. You are just a great example of, you know, the kind of doctors that we all need. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Dr. Egypt, um, you have given us so much great information. Before we wrap up today, I'd like to ask all my guests these two questions. The first question is, what is something that you have learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners? Oh, great question. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Oh, <laughs> something, I think magic really starts to happen when we step into our power, when regardless of what happens in our life, we feel that like there is something in us that we can do to move things in the right direction, to just realize how powerful, powerful manifestors we are when we don't buy into the paradigm of feeling disempowered and feeling that things have been done to us and feeling that things are outside our control. Just that mindset shift of like, I'm powerful, I can do this, I can make changes in my life. Just the mindset shift, even if we do nothing else, is a powerful intrinsic motivator to just make positive things happen in our life. So I would say that. Great. And Dr. Egypt, what is next for you? Oh, thank you. So I'm at the stage where I'm trying to just, you know, get my message out, share my, my vision, my vision of calm living, empowerment and healing with people just because, and I'm also on my own personal exploration and healing journey. I really want to be, I guess, a voice of empowerment to just to, I guess, inform people that like they can really make beautiful magic in their life if they just start to to step into their power again and get more empowerment. I'm still, you know, I'm looking to um, share my healing offerings with people, do more creative collaborations like I'm having with you now, just things like that. Wonderful. And you are doing a great job. Um, I like, again, I, I can't say this enough. I just love how you explain things. I love how you encourage people to go out and do their research. And one key thing for sure that you said was, I don't want my clients to keep coming back to me. <laughs> and as you know, sometimes um, that is very prominent in the healthcare industry. So I, I just love your whole outlook on everything. And Dr. Egypt, if people want to learn more about you, your work, where can they find you? Thank you. So all my work and offerings can be found um, through my website, which is www.manifestingalchemy.com. That's www.manifestingalchemy.com. Wonderful. And one other thing that I know um, is you do poetry. So would you like to tell people where they could find out more about your poetry? Great. Thank you. Again, um, if people go to my website, I do have a link on there to my poetry page. Um, I post on a platform called elo.co and sometimes I'll share one or two poetry on my actual website. But again, through my website, there's a link that links to my poetry. Wonderful. Dr. Egypt, I have really enjoyed our conversation. Again, thank you so much for everything that you do for educating us as well as your clients. It's so important. And I appreciate your time today. 
Thank you very much, Delia. And just thank you for the work that you're putting out there. I just feel like the world needs more cancer doulas to, to support people through um, what can be a very vulnerable and overwhelming process. So thank you for transmuting your own personal experience into something beautiful to share with the world. Like it's much appreciated. Oh, thank you, Dr. Egypt. That's my pleasure. And I appreciate your kind words. Thank you so much. And before we end today, I'd like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.